Podcast is powered by Pella Windows and Doors and by Shoot360 Lincoln. If you need a new window or door, take it from me. Pella is the way to go. I just had Pella at the house. They put in a new bay window, new front door. You got to go with the good folks at Pella. Check the showrooms out in Omaha and Lincoln or online at PellaOmaha.com. And... Like I said, we're brought to you by Shoot360 Lincoln, the world's most advanced basketball training facility. We use NBA-level technology inside our facility that tracks every single ball handling, passing, and shooting rep you take. Fourth-grade rookies to high-level college and pros. Shoot360 can unlock your game. I absolutely love the shooting technology. The splash meter is a literal cheat code to becoming a better shooter. You can get up to 300 to 400 shots in just 30 minutes in our shooting bays with our automatic rebounding machines, and the splash meter technology is tracking every shot you take, giving you real-time feedback to perfect your shot become a member by first scheduling your free one-hour workout go to shoot360.com backslash lincoln we're located at 48th and van dorn do it today all right it is monday january 8th and uh, i am currently taping this from my uh my hotel in las vegas i'm uh, dipping back into the mountain west i got unlv hosting new mexico on uh tuesday night january 9th inside thomas the thomas and max center so i'm in vegas right now and on the pod today on deck is some husker hoops it's been a while since i've really dove into some nebraska basketball stuff and i got 10 thoughts on nebraska basketball where the Huskers are sitting at 12-3 and right now. They're squarely in that NCAA tournament conversation. And by the time you're maybe listening to this, uh, they maybe have already played Purdue or getting ready to play Purdue. They host the number one ranked Boilermakers in Lincoln Tuesday night. Uh, But I got a lot of big-picture thoughts on Nebraska basketball I wanted to lay out and get to you guys. So here we go. Ten thoughts, Husker hoops. Uh, 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 Thought number one. Boy, you got to tip your cap to Fred Hoiberg and and this Nebraska basketball team for how for how they steadied the ship about a month ago. I mean, you you, you go back to early December, and Creighton comes to Lincoln. Creighton blows out Nebraska. Nebraska then goes on the road. They have a really good first half against Minnesota, and then they have their worst twenty minutes of the season. Uh, in a really colossal second-half collapse and lose to Minnesota on the road. And the heat got turned up quickly, right? Like, all of a sudden, there was a lot of chatter and the and the vibe and everything around the program went from really good, hey, Nebraska's undefeated, to all of a sudden after that Minnesota game, it was th- – things were – people were ready to hit the panic button. But Nebraska got things back on track quickly, The reality is adversity and bumps in the road, you know, they're going to happen. Losses are going to happen. But it is vital that you do try to recover ASAP, obviously, especially considering the relatively uncertain situation that Fred Hoiberg finds himself in with with likely needing to make a postseason appearance to feel good about his job moving forward. Um, That's just the reality of the situation when you're in year five, right, and you haven't had, had a postseason appearance. But it was just like I said, it was amazing how quickly the hot seat talk ramped up that week and and all those sorts of things. But credit to Nebraska for recovering right away. Nebraska turned around and beat Michigan State at home and then kicked Kansas State's ass on the road. 62 to 46 to really kind of get things back uh steadied right and get the confidence around the program and in that locker room up 
that was, you know, it was huge to not only get two quality wins with Michigan State and Kansas State, but immediately calm the waters surrounding the team and the season. You know, if Nebraska goes out and loses those two games, they say Michigan State comes to Lincoln and they win, and then Nebraska goes on the road to Kansas State and, and loses. Boy, oh boy. I think things, whew, they stay fairly negative in that moment. And that can derail the season and a, and, a, and a team quickly. So big tip of the cap, good work by Nebraska to, to recover quickly after that first bump in the road with your back-to-back losses to Creighton and Minnesota on the road. Uh, thought number two, you know what I think Nebraska learned during those back-to-back losses and even the loss over the, over the weekend at Wisconsin? Nebraska's margin for error is still pretty dang thin. Nebraska is a team that has to be at a 10 out of 10 with their fight, their toughness, their physicality, and effort every game. That's how this team wins games. That's how they're built. I think with that Creighton blowout and then the second half Minnesota collapse, that they got reminded You guys aren't talented enough to not play really, really hard on defense and have that edge about you. So Fred Hoiberg and this staff, they have to kind of balance their messaging to the players of keeping them confident with also making sure they know that they can't afford to not be 100% locked in with their effort and toughness and details of the game. And sometimes it's easier to relay that message after some losses than it is while you're winning. Sometimes it takes falling on your face to go, see, so, you know, this is what I've been trying to tell you guys. And I'd imagine that's when Nate Linzer and Adam Howard and Coach Ziegler and, and Fred Hoiberg have been talking to this group about it, of like, you got to be a hard hat, lunch pail, fly around 10 out of 10 max effort team all the time. And I think they got reminded of that when they hit the hit hit the skids a little bit. But, you know, Coach Altman, I, I've always I've told this story before and I talk about this all the time. Coach Altman was the master at balancing that like keeping guys confident, but also making sure they realize that they the the effort, the toughness, the details gotta be at a max. Like Coach Altman used to somehow make us feel like if we didn't bring it, we were going to not just lose, we were going to get embarrassed. And it didn't matter. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. It didn't matter if we were playing in the NCAA tournament and playing JaVale McGee and all Like It didn't matter if we were playing in the NCAA tournament or in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament championship game. It didn't matter who we were playing. We could be playing them. We could be playing Mississippi Valley State or Arkansas Pine Bluff. He made us feel like if we didn't bring it with that edge and the toughness and effort and physicality departments, we would get our tails kicked. His line to us was always, fellas, you don't want to turn this into a beauty contest, fellas. You're not going to like the results. That was his That was his way of saying, make sure you're playing with the grimy, gritty, hard-nosed edge. If you go out there and just roll out the ball and think you just, you're going to play, you know, who can jump higher and run faster, and do, if, you, if you think we're going to do that and win, you're mistaken. And I think this... The same thing, generally speaking, with this Nebraska team has to, that mindset has to be there. They need to always approach each game like it's a freaking MMA fight on defense and get ready to scrap and claw and fight their you-know-what off, on, in particular, on that end of the floor. That's how this team was built last year. 
right? Like that's how that how this team before the injuries was having success, and certainly the way they finished the season, that's how they were winning. Winning. How did how did Nebraska go six and three down the stretch at the end of last year? Yeah, sure. Tominaga went nuclear, but they were they played so damn hard. And I think the same thing is true this year. So I think that's the lesson in these some of the early season bumps in the road, turbulence. It was a reminder, your margin for error is actually pretty thin. You better have that edge about you and be a 10 out of 10 in your fight, effort, toughness, and physicality. I didn't think that was there on the road at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin shot better than 50% from the field. I think they almost shot 60% from the field in the first half. Like that can't Nebraska's not going to go, go out there and outscore anybody right now. Next thought. One of the things that stood out to me about this team when I watched them practice and thought about last year and thought about the newcomers and then watching them through the first whatever it is, 15 games of this season, is their depth. This team's balance and depth has really served them well. I've lost track of what the number is now, but they've had multiple different leading scorers, and they've had multiple different guys lead them to wins. Rink Mass, Juwan Gary, Bryce Williams, Casey Tominaga, C.J. Wilcher, Josiah Alex, Sam Hoiberg. I could argue all of those guys at one time or another were the MVP of a, of a game, of a win. This team is unique in that they aren't overly reliant on one guy to carry them each night, which is is somewhat a product of their top-end talent, which I'll get to in a second. But they can have, you know, legit four, five, six different guys potentially lead them to a win. The bench has come in and changed games numerous times. I felt like this team had pretty good depth, and so far that has proven to be true, and it has really, really made a difference this season so far. Next thought, I just brought up that top-end talent thing. That's still a question mark for me. I talked about it in the preview pod, and it's still kind of, you know, something that is top of mind for me. I mean, first of all, I feel like I could walk around Pinnacle Bank Arena, and I could ask 10 different people, hey, who do you think Nebraska's best player is? And I might get four different answers. And while in some ways that's good, I think that's more a product of nobody being great rather than Nebraska having like four great players. Like, I don't know if that's the case. Like, if I, if I ask who was, who was UConn's best player last year for the team that won a title, who was it? I might get three or four different answers. I think it was Adama Sanogo. I think it was Andre Jackson. I think it was Jordan Hawkins. And that is more of a product of those three guys being great players. All those guys are in the NBA. Like, that's not what this Nebraska situation is. You know, basketball and what what makes a great team is, is really complex. But at the same time, it can also be really simple. More often than not, behind every great team, behind every good team, is at least one great player. You are oftentimes, sometimes, as good as your best player. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this, and success doesn't always just hinge on your overall talent, right? 
but I think you're getting the the spirit of my thoughts here. Does Nebraska have, you know, one of the five best players in the Big Ten? Ten, One of the ten best players in the Big Ten? Like, if you're drafting a team and you can pick only Big Ten players, how far do you go before you pick a Nebraska player? I think the reality is you'd go probably further than you think you would. And my point with this is I just wonder when the rubber meets the road and the pressure ramps up and you get into February and you get into March, does Nebraska have a dude? I don't know about that. But that doesn't mean that this team can't go to the NCAA tournament. That doesn't mean that this team can't have a lot of success this season. Because what's weird is, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but this Nebraska team, could be the one that gets to the NCAA tournament, maybe wins a game. But I thought Tim Miles' 2018 and 2019 teams with James Palmer and Isaiah Roby and Isaac Copeland and Glenn Watson, I thought the, I thought those teams were more talented than this Nebraska team. This team doesn't have anybody as good as James Palmer or Isaiah Roby. Just kind of interesting how talent and top in like it's just, I don't know. I'll just be curious to see how, how that plays out this year. You know, I don't know, like, you look at Northwestern last year, even Northwestern this year, like, I don't know how talented that roster is, but Boo Booey's a mother. Like, <laughs> Boo Booey can have 30. Boo Booey can take over a game. He can go get his. He can carry you. So, like, there's that, you know, you look at, like, all of Northwestern's rosters, players two through seven or whatever, like, I think it's very comparable to Nebraska, but Boo Booey is a really, really dynamic scorer and player. I don't know if Nebraska has a has that kind of a, a dude. Next thought. So I just asked the question of like who is Nebraska's best player? And it's funny, you know, that's a and sometimes we make this more complicated, but if you try to make it complicated, like it depends, you know, are are you asking who's the most talented player? I'd probably say Bryce Williams. Who, who's the most dangerous player? I'd say Kase Tominaga. Who's the toughest to defend? I'd say Tominaga. Like, there's a lot of different ways to view that. And I'll, I'll try and answer it and lay it out like this. Here's how I'd rank Nebraska's roster with it most valuable player on this Nebraska team, the MVP power rankings on this Huskers team. Like, looking at value to the team, meaning, like, which player's absence, like, which player to me you take them off this team for the rest of the year would make the biggest impact. I'd rank it like this. Number one, I'd put Rink Mast. Listen, you saw what this team looked like without Rink Mast against North Dakota. At home, they were down 14 with 19 minutes left, had to rally to win. They need Rink Mast post-scoring. They need his versatility to step out and shoot the three and pass and playmake from the high post, and they really need his rebounding as well. I'd put him at number one. And number two, I'd put Kesei Tominaga. This team can have some offensive struggles and offensive droughts. They really need Kese Tominaga scoring. There's just no substitute for a guy that can get lava hot and go for 30. Tominaga's one of those guys. And his movement creates so much for his teammates. It's it's still it's not completely the Kese Tominaga show in the way it was last year, but still a lot of what they do is different zoom actions, you know, down screen into a handoff, back cut, staggers you know, different looks for Tominaga, and, you know, he attracts a lot of attention. 
So there's there's value even when Tomonaga's not touching the ball and scoring the ball. He's still drawn for sure one guy and oftentimes two or three guys. So I'd put him at two. At number three, I'd put Bryce Williams. I think he's the really he's the the best three level wing scorer on this team. He can get to the he can post, he can get to the basket, he can shoot the mid range, he can shoot the three, he gets to the free throw line. I think he's the best at just going and getting his own shot. So I'd put Bryce Williams at three. And then at number four, I'd put Jawan Gary. Then I think there's like a gap between everybody else after that. Gary's a really impactful player. He's clearly made a huge difference this year when he's when he's been out there. The reason he's not higher on, on this list for me is there are other high-effort rebounding guys on this team and Mast and Alec that could fill some of his rebounding void if Gary wasn't there. And he's a little inconsistent as a shooter and a scorer. It's one of those guys that, you know, he's liable to, you know, go 0 for 6 from 3 and and airball 2 and brick 2, you know, like, but he also could throw in 4. Like, he could have 18, he could have 4. But he's certainly really valuable to to this team. There's no question about that. So that's how I'd, I'd rank the top four most valuable Huskers right now. The next thought, I just... I love that Nebraska has a few guys on this roster that that see value in things other than just scoring. I, I, I love that there are a few guys on this roster that don't care about scoring and they, they are all in on doing some of the tough things. Josiah Alec, Sam Hoiberg, I'd throw Jawan Gary in there, but I also think Gary's kind of got – he's he's developed kind of a scoring mentality too. I think he deep down inside does want to score. But I think guys like Alec and Hoiberg don't give a – if if they didn't shoot for like a month, they'd be like, whatever, I don't care. I'm still bringing it. I think Gary wants to score now a little bit. But – and it's one thing if like – thinking about that, but then it's the other thing if it's like, can you go impact the game thinking that? Like Nebraska has – a couple of guys, Alec Hoiberg and Gary, that they don't have to score to make a big impact on the game. Alec on the glass and with his effort. Same thing with Jawan Gary, the way he can grab offensive rebounds. J- Sam Hoiberg, what he can do defensively, guarding a Tyson Walker, a Jameer Young, the effort things. They, those three guys in particular can make a huge impact on a game and not score. And I, I the, the more basket, like... The, the more I watch basketball, the more rare I feel like that is now. It feels like everybody has to either have the ball or score to make an impact on the game. I love that Nebraska has a couple of guys that, that don't necessarily fit that bill. I think that's so huge for a team. So huge. The next thought, and it's the last personnel thought here. And I want to talk about the point guard position because the point guard spot was the biggest question mark for this team heading into the year, and here we are, it's January 8th, and it's still a big question for me. I mean, how good is Jamarcus Lawrence? If you're ranking every Big Ten point guard in the league, where does Lawrence rank? I mean, if you just, right now, if I just start listing guys, I mean, I think you'd have to rank all these point guards ahead of Jamarcus Lawrence, right? Like Boo Booey, Tyson Walker, Braden Smith, Terrence Shannon, Chucky Hepburn, Bruce Thornton, Jameer Young, Doug McDaniel, A.J. Hogard, Xavier Johnson when he's healthy, Ace Baldwin. Like, I don't think it's out of bounds to say for sure all those guys are ahead of him. 
I mean, that's a, I think I just listed 11 guys. And, and listen, I'm not saying Lawrence isn't a good player. This isn't meant to be like, next thought, Jamarcus Lawrence, I don't think is good. No, that's not necessarily what I'm saying here. I'm just looking at the point guard position in the Big Ten and the landscape with it, and then knowing how important point guard play is to a, a team's success in college basketball, it's still a concern for me. I just It's weird. Jamarcus Lawrence is like the least talked about player on the team, good or bad. And I just, I'm still a little worried about that spot. It's hard to have success in March and if your point guard's just, just a guy. So we'll see what happens at that position. But I'm still, still worried about that position. Next thought. It is pretty amazing to say out loud, six and three to finish the year last season, and then now I've started this year 12 and three. That means last 24 games, Nebraska's 18 and 6. Pretty good. Pretty good little little stretch here. And li- the losses are to, to Michigan State, Creighton, Minnesota's beaten Nebraska twice, but then at Wisconsin and at Michigan. So it, it's while it feels like, hey, look at Nebraska, like th- this this started last year. I remember I went on with uh, – I was doing a game on BTN, and I went on with the studio guys in a, in a pregame hit and before I was calling the game, and they kind of asked about Nebraska this year, and I was like, listen, this really started a year ago. And the foundation was getting laid, you know, in November and December and January, and then the way that group finished February and, and into March launched them into this year. So this has been a this isn't a small sample size now. This is a 24 game sample size where Nebraska's 18 and 6. That's pretty good. What's interesting about this year, the next thought I have, is the computers still don't love Nebraska. The computer rankings are a little they're a little, little, a little lukewarm and, and hesitant on Nebraska. Looking today, Nebraska's net is 59. They're 52 at Ken Palm. Bart Torvik has him at 54, and ESPN's BPI has Nebraska at 68. So it's weird. Nebraska's like in a lot of bracketology uh, projections. They're in the NCAA tournament conversation. You're looking at a team that is is you know I mean 12 and three is 12 and three. They're winning games, but the computers, those metrics, they're not they're not enamored with with Nebraska right now. Just food for thought. And the last thought on Nebraska. As as you project for the rest of the season and and you know, can Nebraska find their way to get their name called on selection Sunday? Something I I, I thought heading in and so far that it's I it's kind of been validated is that I think the Big Ten, I think the league is is a little down. I don't think it's as good as it's been. Ken Palm ranks it as the fourth best conference behind the Big 12, Big East, and SEC. Outside of Purdue, I don't think anyone is just on another level right now. You know, like I would have said Illinois was was up there, but with this Terrence Shannon situation and him most likely not returning this year, that changes that team's ceiling. 
So Nebraska isn't going to be facing just a murderer's row of top 10, top 15 teams. I mean, this week's AP poll, only three Big Ten teams are ranked inside the top 25. You're looking at, at Ken Palm, top 50 teams. The Big 12 has nine teams inside the top 50. That's ridiculous. But So the Big 12 has nine teams inside Ken Palm's top 50. The Big East has seven. The SEC has seven. The Big Ten has five. So again, I think I say that to say I think one of the advantageous things for Nebraska's path is the Big Ten isn't as good as it's been the past five years and and beyond, right? Luca Garza and Trace Jackson Davis and Kofi Coburn and Io Dosumu and all that like those those and Travion Williams and all that like th- those types of players aren't just waiting in the wing or wait, waiting down the pike here for to that Nebraska is going to have to see. And it's it's not quite like that. Down the stretch, if you just look at the teams that Nebraska are, are they're going to play twice down the stretch here. They still have to play Rutgers twice. Rutgers is eight and six and struggling. Michigan, they have to play the Wolverines twice. Certainly, Michigan's been struggling. I'm not sure what's going on there over the weekend. Jawan Howard stepped back and is having Phil Martelli be the head coach while he is there on the sidelines. I've never seen anything quite like that. Certainly kind of a head-scratching situation. Northwestern, you have to play uh, Northwestern twice. We've talked about Boo Booey. Having to see him twice isn't ideal. Um, but it's certainly not North, like Northwestern's got a whole bunch of pros out there or anything like that. And then there's Ohio State, who's a good team. And I think Chris Holtman's a hell of a coach, but they're not ranked right now. So I just think it, it it things could be setting up decently for Nebraska in terms of of who they have to play down the stretch. Don't get me wrong, night in and night out in the Big Ten is a war, but there are different levels of of battles you're going to have within that war. So I just think Nebraska's got you know they got to take advantage of this moment. So there you go. Ten thoughts on Hus- uh, on on Nebraska basketball. We'll see what happens uh, against uh, Purdue here. Again, by the time you're listening to this, they might have already been playing Purdue. But I just want to get this out. So that'll do it for the pod. My thanks to Pella Windows and Doors, great partners. Uh, check them out, PellaOmaha.com. And don't forget to check out my business with my brother, Shoot360 Lincoln. It is Basketball Disneyland, folks. It's a national franchise, basketball training facility. We brought it to Lincoln. We're at 48th and Van Dorn. We specialize in individual skill development, passing, ball handling, shooting. It is an incredible place to be, man. Go to Shoot360.com backslash Lincoln to become a member. Or give us a call, 531 500 0588. That's 531 500 0588. We'll see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Herd at Sports Network production.